Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome again to In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary and wishing all of you hardworking Americans out there a very happy Labor Day. You are the reason why this country is surviving, Joe Biden. Your hard work and the fact that you do work hard and trying to keep up with the craziness of Joe Biden and now all of a sudden he calls you you the hard-working people that make this country great you people are now the enemy yes this is Joe Biden at his most demented I mean remember he did say that on that primetime speech in Philadelphia with the dark blood red light looking rather like the Emperor Palpatine in a way, but oh well. Anyway, folks, welcome again. Thank you, and I am Jerry Brooks, your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, and as well as your tour guide through the thoroughly bizarre world of Joe Biden's America. And before we get into, before we get started today, just wanted to let you know if you want to send us email questions comments hate mail you know hey I don't care uh, in black and right at gmail.com and also uh, if you want to check out our website and subscribe and check out everything that we do in black and right.net now folks on this great Labor Day weekend the last official holiday marking the end of summer which also means it's going to be a sprint from here on to November 8th, the day that America got ticked off and took its country back. Yay, happy. And, as I've always told people, this year is the year to be a voice. Get out there, be involved, be informed, go out and vote, be a precinct committee person, be a poll watcher, work a canvassing board whatever it is it's not it's not very expensive at all if in fact it's mostly free in many cases just get out there be involved because this year is the year that we really have to decide to just say enough is enough Joe Biden with that crazy divisive twisted evil speech with that really evil looking occultic backdrop and having the unmitigated gall to use two United States Marines as props I mean that's pretty twisted I mean I'd love to tell you what some of my Marine Corps veteran friends said but I really can't do that on this kind of a program because I want to try to keep it family friendly and uh, yeah it was uh, none too particularly complimentary I'll just leave it at that but we also have the other holidays going into Thanksgiving to Christmas and New Year's and hopefully we can finish off the year strong in spite of Biden and be hopeful for a much better 2023 but we've got to get through November 8th first 
That is the most important thing. And yes, the psych ops have started in earnest. All these stories saying, oh, the Democrats are getting all this momentum. And really, uh, I'm sorry, but you've already put this Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't reduce inflation at all. Then you throw in all the climate change crud, which is the green raw deal. And then you, on top of that, you take 87,000 new IRS agents to go after the working class, to go after entrepreneurs, small business people. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to get you momentum to basically uh, right over the river and straight into the falls. No, 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 my friends. Please do not believe what the mainstream media tells you. They are nervous, they are scared, they are desperate, so desperate that they let Joe Biden make that twisted, evil, sick speech on Thursday night in Philly. Now, of course, contrast that to the Trump rally that took place in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania over the weekend. It was packed. The place was absolutely packed. There was standing room outside. People couldn't get in. It's a typical Trump rally. It's upbeat. It's pro-American. It actually encourages people, not insults them. But apparently, Joe Biden and the meat and his media allies and other Democrats on Capitol Hill are absolutely scared out of their wits that they have to now go and embrace this really divisive, polarizing rhetoric. And anybody who voted for Joe Biden, how's your boy doing now? And especially to the woke Christians who gave me crap. And I do bring them up from time to time because they really need to be shown the error of their ways. I do not at all have any sort of sympathy for you because you helped unleash this mess upon the country and, well, I don't have a lot of trust of your discernment, your judgment, or anything else for that matter. Because now we've got a huge mess to clean up. The biggest problem is not MAGA Republicans. Sorry, Joe, it's not. For those who are grounded in reality, like myself, and the fact that he would take 75, at least 75 million Americans and call them the enemy of the people? Really? and then has the unmitigated gall to try to backpedal the next day after I'm sure they saw the overnight polling and some of the comments that were made even by left-wing media that weren't exactly flattering. I mean, unless you're like the MSLSD types, but even some on CNN were very critical of that speech. Holy cow, folks. That was just a mess. So now, as we are in uh, Labor Day, and going into that, well, good news today, before we, uh, it, before we went on the air today, before we started recording, the federal judge who was 
listening, who was hearing the case of President Trump and his request to have a special master uh, appointed to go over all the documents that were taken from his Mar-a-Lago raid from, of the FBI, now has been granted that by the judge in the case. I do believe it's uh, Eileen Cannon is, uh, yep, Eileen Cannon is her name from uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. So, yay. Now, of course, some would say that, you know, what's the big deal? You know, Trump's already been, you know, they've already seen the documents. Yeah, but we've seen the warrant. Yeah, but the, but the affidavit is nothing more than a Sharpie festival. I mean, how much of that, I think it was 38 pages, and at least 18 of them, maybe more, were redacted. Anything that wasn't redacted really wasn't helpful. I mean, yeah, there were plenty of speculation going on uh, as to what they were looking for, and even though people like John Radcliffe, who is the former acting DNI under Trump, the Director of National Intelligence, said they didn't find what they were looking for because many legal experts have speculated, and I think they tend to be right, that they were looking for President Trump's copy of all the Crossfire Hurricane files because if those ever get out, it's going to be incredibly damning for the DOJ, the FBI, the Biden administration, because each one of them had their fingers in this. To say that, oh, the, the White House to say, well, the Biden didn't know, bull. We, that's been proven. Jonathan Sue, the deputy White House counsel, had to talk, had to deal with Biden so that they could waive President Trump's executive privilege, which you really can't do in the first place. Give me a break. Ay, 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 ay. This is insane. So, yeah, I mean, the, the FBI and the DOJ's credibility is pretty much shot to hell at this point. I mean, when you get four, at least 14 FBI whistleblowers going to members of Congress talking about how they in, interfered with the Hunter Biden laptop from hell investigation, when they were talking about the partisanship that was going on with the Trump raid, and now all of a sudden they're nervous and trying to tell all these uh, FBI guys and DOJ guys, shut up, don't say anything. Well, it's a little late. The genie is out of the bottle, and January is going to be pretty hot in D.C., especially when you have people like Jim Jordan, who could very easily become the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, and if in the Senate it goes Republican, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley would be the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and it's going to be a really lousy month for those for Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland and a bunch of other folks in the Injustice Department. But anyway, we've got the judge in the case who has granted uh, Trump's motion to get a special master. 
Now, the special master recommendations have to be filed by uh, later this week on September the 9th, according to the judge's ruling. So this is going to be really, really fun to see how this works. It really is. Ah, but that will be probably coming later on in the week. But also today, as uh, some other news, uh, the British, the British government has uh, named Liz Truss as its next prime minister. The third prime minister in the history of the UK and apparently she has drawn some very interesting comparisons to the late great Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady of Britain. Now that's going to be interesting to see because there was really only one Margaret Thatcher. Let's see if she is as tough as the Iron Lady, God rest her soul, was herself. Now this is interesting because Apparently, since Boris Johnson really lost a lot of his of the confidence of his own party and they gave him the boot, or at least claimed close to giving him the boot, it's going to be interesting to see how Truss uh, is going to take over and be different than Boris Johnson because the British are dealing with a whole lot of problems. A lot of it is economic. The green agenda that they have taken for energy is literally costing Britons, uh, citizens, and businesses. Inflation is a problem. It's a, I think it's even a little bit of a bigger problem in the UK than it is here in the United States. So she's going to have a whole hornet's nest waiting for her uh, when she becomes prime minister and puts together a government. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, what uh, prime, the soon-to-be prime minister, uh, Liz Truss, does to try to turn England around. It's going to be really interesting to see. Is it going to be more EU or will she embrace the spirit of Margaret Thatcher and do what is necessary for the British people. Who knows? But I wish uh, the future Prime Minister well and she's got a lot of work to do as soon as she hits number 10 Downing Street. That is for certain. Now interestingly enough and there's a story that I read in the Epoch Times that absolutely made me laugh. Uh, it really did because it is a perfect example as to why the Green Raw Deal is a very cruel joke. And I mean a very cruel joke. <laughs> and this is from today <laughs> in the Epoch Times. Now, the headline reads, West Virginia coal miners help stranded Washingtonian with a dead electric car. I'm like, what? <laughs> and as I read the story, I just absolutely busted a gut laughing. Because the eco-freaks, environmaniacs, and other such wackadoodles 
think that, oh, we have to go green, we have to go green. Really? Interesting. For these electric cars, where in the Sam Hill do you think the energy comes from? Hmm? It comes from oil. It comes from gas. It comes from coal. Hmm? But nope, don't, you, you, we, these people just don't think things through. And as far as getting lithium and cobalt for electric car batteries, a lot of that is coming from China, which is, oh yeah, there are buddies. Uh, you can get it from uh, the Congo in Central Africa, but you use child slave labor to get it out of the mines, or you want to put these idiotic electric turbines these wind turbines all over the place which doesn't help and most of them are made in wait for it china and when and you can't recycle anything when they go bad you can't recycle electric car batteries you can't recycle wind turbines uh, this is hilarious to me, but I want to read part of the story because it's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious when you think about it. Now, it starts out, a Washingtonian who was stranded on their way to Davis, West Virginia, found some unexpected help, or helpers, coal miners, West Virginia coal miners, the very people that its senator, Joe Manchin have thoroughly screwed, absolutely screwed them over by voting for this idiotic bill, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which has all these green new, actually green raw deal components in it for climate change. I'm like, really? So anyway, the resident who was not identified was heading to Davis for a getaway weekend that was around 170 miles from home. However, the car broke down right in front of a Matiki coal mine just several miles from Davis. <laughs> Five coal miners were called to help the driver afterwards. Now, a West, West Virginia State Senator, Randy Smith, Republican, uh, reading further in the story, documented the incident in a social media post on Friday. Now, and quote, uh, Senator Smith wrote, Someone called one of our foremen and told him a car was broke down in the middle of our hall road. We went to investigate and found out that, that, he, that it, they had indeed run out of juice coming from D.C. to Davis for a getaway weekend. He then went back to the mine and got guys to push the car to the guard shack so they could plug in to charge. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. The irony of this is so delicious. It is absolutely delicious. Coal miners having to push a dead electric car to a place where it could get charged. Oh, oh, oh. Oh my gosh, this is absolutely, <laughs> I, I, I love this. I, I absolutely love this. So here are five coal miners pushing a, ba a battery car to the coal mine to charge up. If you look closely, 
you can see our coal stockpile and load out in the background. This just shows you coal miners are good people and will go out of their way to help anyone, friend or foe. And that was something that the state senator had written in his social media post. But it <laughs> Oh, somebody help me. This is hilarious. This is absolutely hilarious. And now what's interesting what's even interesting is later on in the story after recounting this rather funny tale now consumer reports conducted a survey in July shows around a third of Americans would definitely or seriously consider buying or leasing an electric only vehicle the survey shows that there is clear interest in Americans in reducing costs for transportation and lowering their environmental impact says uh, Quinta Warren Consumer Reports Associate Director of Sustainable Policy uh, okay once again what reading the story from the Epoch Times the, it still brings up the questions that I've always had with this green raw deal electric car agenda if somebody's car runs out of juice there are not nearly enough charging stations to do the job there's not not nationwide now in now in some urban areas you know yeah I used to live in Reno Nevada and many of the resorts around Reno and Sparks uh, the resort hotels had charging stations okay great you're in an urban area you're not having to travel that far but if you're out on a highway and you run out of juice and there's no charging station for miles what do you do hmm what do you do this is why I read this story and I just keep thinking okay First of all, getting charging stations all over the country is going to be a huge infrastructure nightmare, number one. Number two, do we have enough energy, and I'm not talking, you know, if you're just talking solar and wind and all that, we do not have nearly enough generation, energy generation, to take to take handle take care of this we can't handle it there's not enough there's just not enough of these charging stations you have to pretty much stay within an urban area where you have a better chance of finding uh, a, something to charge your car plus the fact that you're talking environmentally sound really what's going to happen to the thousands upon thousands of electric car batteries when they no longer can be used and they can't be recycled because the material in them is just not it's not recyclable hmm come on folks you gotta think this one through and I just can't I'm like no I am not gonna let a bunch of leftist loons try to tell me what kind of car I can drive. 
I, I'm not going to do it. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. So no, until such time as renewable energy, like solar and wind and others, can become more mainstream, then okay. I got no problem. But until such time, we still need those nasty fossil fuels. We need oil. We need natural gas. We need coal to keep this country going. That is just the reality that's there. Period. Now, if you can't grasp that, okay, fine. Disagree with me? Fine. But it's not going to change the fact that we need those. We need fossil fuels. Until such time as we can transition away from that, when solar and wind and everything else gets to be more sustainable and can actually generate power. Sufficient power for electric cars and whatever else is needed. So until then, can we just kind of, you know, kind of stay in reality and this utopian nirvana green raw deal is just not happening right now. Maybe decades down the road, but not now. And especially when we've got an economy and other real problems like inflation, higher gas prices, higher food prices, higher energy prices, and Europe is not any better. In fact, in many respects, Europe is worse. Not just England, but France, Germany, Italy. I mean, the Russians have cut off the supply of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline to Germany. Oops! And President Trump looked like a genius at, you know, at worst, but a prophet at best. He knew what was going to go on. The Germans laughed at him. And now, who's got the last laugh, Germany? Uh, that would be one Donald J. Trump. Thank you very much. So, yeah, we got things we got to do. There are, thing, there are realities we have to face. Now, so long as we have people like Biden and AOC and Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, and preachy Pete Buttigieg, the, energy, uh, the Transportation Secretary, who has delusions of grandeur of running in 2024, we're going to have problems. Now, a state like Florida, the Sunshine State, as a matter of fact, Florida hasn't ignored alternative energy. Just down the road from where I live, which is more of a rural area, there is a big field, or several fields as a matter of fact, loaded with solar panels. Solar panels. A lot of them. But, Governor DeSantis is smart enough to know that as nice as it is to have, he's, we, Florida still uses oil and gas for energy. Not just relying totally on solar, even though we do have an awful lot of sunshine here. So this is basically a guy who's got it. The balance between solar and re other renewables and oil, traditional oil, gas, and coal. Period. We need it. We have to have it. And this is the reason why 
Florida is a leader, a leader economically. We are the number one state in the country for economic freedom. We have, all, we have an economy that's booming. Our unemployment rate is 2.7%, and that is below the national average. Florida is a place that is free. We have folks coming here by the boatloads every day, hundreds, if not maybe a couple of thousand, who knows? But they're coming, and they're keeping Florida a leader. We were a leader in COVID. We're a leader economically. We are a leader, period. And we have a leader in Tallahassee that's going to basically keep going. So, yes, Floridians, vote DeSantis. Now, if you want whiny, vote Charlie Crist. Fine. You don't like DeSantis? Fine. You don't like Trump? Fine. So, if you're not a DeSantis fan and you're living in Florida, life is going to be just miserable for you while you're economically, uh, you know, doing pretty okay. Now, there are things that, that Governor DeSantis can't do as a governor. That has to be done on the federal level. But, you know, let's see what happens, folks. Let us see what happens. And by the clock on the wall, I'm going to call it a day today. I'm <laughs> so enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. Be safe out there. Uh, kids are going back to school uh, starting tomorrow in many parts of the country. Uh, school has already started here in Florida, so they're going to go back uh, after the holiday. But you guys have yourselves a great rest of the day. Enjoy the week. And always remember, patriots come in all colors.